This is The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide. You know, at this time of year, a common dilemma some believers face in the workplace is the way Christmas is often celebrated. Many company Christmas parties are excuses for excessive drinking and immoral behavior. Well, in this week's episode of Fran and Jesus on the Job, Fran faces a challenge as she's been asked to plan the company party this year, and she's trying to do so without compromising her principles. Mary, this is an interesting predicament you've put Fran in. <laughs> well, well, it is. And of course, it's a fictional story. But it's becoming more and more common for Christmas to be used as a totally secular celebration. And many of these company parties have become notorious for pushing the envelope when it comes to appropriate behavior. So how can a Christian stay true to her principles and do so without becoming an isolationist? Mm -hmm. That's uh, more or less where Fran finds herself in this story. Good. Well, we are eager to hear the outcome of this latest episode, Mary. It's all yours. Well, as our story began last week, Fran was asked by her manager to be on a committee to plan the company Christmas party. Now, she really didn't want to do that because the party is notorious for its drinking and bawdy atmosphere. Certainly, she does not want to be associated with anything like that, but she felt trapped. However, Jesus encouraged her to be an assertive member of that committee and work to get the party changed this year to a more family-oriented affair. So, at his urging, Fran volunteers to head up the committee and suggests they change the format to a party for the children with gifts and games and prizes and no alcoholic beverages. Bill, who headed up the party for the last few years, was indignant at the suggestion and eventually stomped out of the meeting, claiming no more association with the party and Fran's, quote, Sunday school ideas. We left the story at this point last week. As Bill left, the room was quiet and the other committee members seemed nervous. Fran knew it was her move, but she wasn't sure what to say. She didn't want to railroad her idea through, yet she believed the others felt the same way she did, but were just reluctant to stick their necks out. Finally, Fran says, I'm really sorry about Bill leaving, and I'm going to try to get him to rejoin the group, but I still believe we ought to have a different kind of party this year and just see how everyone likes it. We'll never know until we try, but I need to know how the rest of you think about this. Elizabeth says, well, I don't want to spoil everyone's party. I mean, if the employees really want the same kind of party we've had in years past, I guess that's the easy way. I don't know. Friends disappointed in Elizabeth because she had been in favor of the family party idea. Well, Friends says to the group, the question is, do you think most of the employees want the same kind of party we had before with lots of drinking and stuff like that? You know the people you work with. What have they said to you? John finally pipes in and says, well, I know the three people in my department who, who said they're not coming to the party this year because things got so noisy and rough last year. Yeah, Virginia suddenly finds her voice. I just told my husband that last week. I think there are several people in my department that would prefer a family party. And with their comments, the others seem to be in agreement that it would be a good idea to have a family party this year. Friends encouraged, and they set out to make the necessary plans, assigning jobs and duties for the various things that have to be done. By the time the meeting is over, there is enthusiasm in the room, and they leave in a spirit of unity and excitement about the party. Wow, friend thinks as she walks back to her office, that seemed to turn pretty good. I think we'll have a terrific party, and it will go over a lot better than the out-of-control events they've had before. 
Fran shakes her head in amazement at what she's learning about being a Christian in the marketplace. It's really different than she would have imagined, much harder in some ways, but with many opportunities she had never dreamed of. When she gets back to her office, the phone rings. It's Marilyn, her boss. Uh, Fran, Bill just stepped into my office hopping mad because, uh, to quote him, you took over the committee meeting and forced your Sunday school ideas on the group. What happened, she asks. Well, for the next 10 minutes, Fran explains what happened. Marilyn says, well, okay, but don't be surprised if Bill causes a stink over this. He was pretty heated. When Fran hangs up, she prays, Lord, what can I do about Bill? He could sabotage the whole thing if he gets to the right people and they believe his story. She thinks quietly about the situation and refuses to allow the panic feelings to take over. Lord, I know I did what you wanted me to do, so I have to trust you with the consequences. Please give me wisdom about Bill. She gets back into her work, and at quitting time as she's getting ready to leave, Jesus seems to say to her, why not invite Bill to have a cup of coffee with you? Uh, You mean now? Fran says. The last thing she wants to do is have another confrontation with Bill, but she recognizes that it would be a lot better to address this issue early on and up front rather than let the rumors fly and people start to choose sides. So she walks upstairs to Bill's department and finds his desk. As she approaches, he's on the phone and doesn't see her coming. Yeah, can you believe it, Bill says to the person on the other end. She's got them all to agree to have this Sunday school picnic party with kids and games. Who in the world ever heard of such a stupid Christmas party? When he realizes someone is approaching his desk, he looks up and abruptly concludes his conversation. Hi, Bill, Fran says. I was just wondering if you have time to have a cup of coffee with me before you leave. I'd like to talk with you about this Christmas party. Well, what's there to talk about, Fran? You've railroaded the idea through, and that's that. Well, I can assure you there will be lots of people who won't show at this party. It's going to bomb, but you can have it your way, so go ahead. Bill, honestly, I wasn't trying to have it my way. Everyone else on the committee thought it would be a good idea to try something new, you know, just for a change, Fran says in defense. Fran, what are they going to say? I mean, it's like being against apple pie and motherhood to say you don't want a party for kids, Bill continues, getting angrier by the minute. But Christmas parties have always been a time to let our hair down and have some laughs after a long year. It's like a, a little reward for the hard work. Well, you've ruined that for us this year. Bill, really, if you'll just give us a chance, I think you'll see this party will be lots of fun. Why don't you come back and join the committee and help us plan it? We could use your help, Fran says. You don't need my help, Fran. Forget it. And with that, he turns from her, making it obvious that their conversation has ended. Fran walks away feeling defeated. She had high hopes that Bill would soften and they could patch the bad feelings, but it didn't work. But she's reassured that it was still the right thing to do, and she realizes again that when you do the right thing, it won't always be accepted and appreciated, but it doesn't mean you didn't do the right thing. So Fran goes home and tries to focus on the positives. She talks to Louise and asks her to pray about the party. Louise assures her it's going to be a big success. Don't worry about Bill, she says. He's a loser anyway, Fran. What do you mean, a loser, Louise, she asks. Oh, his reputation's not very good. Nobody thinks too much of him, Louis says. I think he's an alcoholic. Is that right? Well, it doesn't surprise me. 
and with that she hangs up feeling rather smug. Fran, she hears Jesus' voice, and it startles her for a moment. Remember that I love Bill as much as I love you. His words are a dagger to her heart as she thinks about the unkind and insensitive things she said about Bill to Louise. Oh, Lord, she says, I'm sorry. I should not have talked about Bill that way. But Louise brought it up, and I guess it felt good to beat up on somebody who's been beating up on me. Poor Bill, she says. If he really does have a drinking problem, he must be so miserable. I wonder what his life is like. And for the first time, Fran sees Bill through forever eyes. It always makes a difference, you know. She prays for him right at that moment and asks for forgiveness for her malicious attitude toward him. The party planning proceeds, and they are able to plan a really special party that includes all family members. Fran talks the company into more budget for gifts and prizes, and the Christmas spirit starts to spread around the office, except for Bill. Every time Fran sees him, he walks the other way. She prays and prays for him and asks the Lord to give her an opportunity to talk to him, but it just never happens. She does a little digging and finds out that he's divorced with two school-age children, but he hasn't signed up to bring them to the party. Finally, after praying about it, she decides it can't do any harm to give Bill a call. Bill, she says, this is Fran. I noticed you haven't signed up to come to the party. We're buying gifts now for the children, and I thought I'd check with you because we'd like to include your two children. Will you be bringing them? I don't plan to be there, Fran, he says, and so my kids won't be coming either. Uh, I see, Fran says. Well, I know you're upset about the party, but I think your kids would really enjoy it. How about letting them come anyway? Well, I figured it's too late now. The deadline has already expired, he says. Oh, don't worry about that. And it's not too late for you to come with them either, Bill, Fran says. There is silence on the other end of the phone. And finally, Bill says, Oh, that's nice of you, Fran, but I I couldn't come. Fran realizes it's a face-saving problem for Bill because he's told everyone that he's not coming to this party. I I see, she replies, but if the kids won't come without you, then you'd just have to come, wouldn't you? I I mean, you couldn't disappoint them. She realizes he needs a face-saver, and she's trying to give him one. Yeah, I I guess you're right about that. They did want to come when I showed them the invitation, but I'd hate for them to be there without a parent. So so you'll be there? Great, Fran says. Any good father would have made the same decision, Bill. Thanks for being willing to come. As she hangs up the phone, a big grin spreads on her face. Lord, Bill's coming to the party with his kids, she says. Thank you, Lord, for softening his heart. That had to be you because he was so mad at me, she tells Jesus. But then that's your uh, specialty, right? The day of the party is a bright, crisp December day, and everything goes off without a hitch. It was the biggest turnout they ever had for a Christmas party, and it seemed like everyone had a good time. Fran even had the preschoolers do a live manger scene, which everyone loved. She was so happy to be able to get in some reminder of what Christmas was all about. Bill thanked her as he left and said, I guess it was a good idea, Fran. I guess we needed a change. She could smell alcohol on his breath, and her heart broke to think of his dependence on it. 
she silently prayed for him and his children again and thanked him for coming. She went home exhausted, but so thankful for the opportunity to make a little difference in a sometimes rather dark world. You know, many times we Christians withdraw from the games because we can't go along with certain things, when what we should do is get into the fray and use our influence to make good change happen. Certainly, it takes discernment to know how far to go without compromising, but Jesus told us he left us in this world so that we could shine our lights in the darkness. He purposely did not take us out of the world, and we should not withdraw to our Christian subculture, our comfortable environments, and miss the opportunities we might have to make a difference. I just challenge you to think of the things that you could do on your job to bring the true meaning of Christmas back. Maybe you could decorate your work area with a manger scene or something that points to Jesus. Or you could throw a party at your house and have a program or devotional about the meaning of Christmas. Or give a party for the kids at your house and have a puppet show or let them put their own play on. Something creative like that. Don't miss this opportunity at this Christmas time to point to Jesus. It's a wonderful time of year to be able to do that. So I encourage you to get involved and make a difference. Well, that was a pretty good ending for Fran. I think you're right, Mary, that sometimes we shy away from involvement in certain things instead of engaging and using our influence for good. Well, good for Fran. And speaking of Fran and Jesus on the job, as it relates to Christmas, did you know that we provide resources on our website? And one is a book, Fran and Jesus Still on the Job, which is a collection of stories that have been written and aired since the first Fran and Jesus book was published over 25 years ago. These stories are written as a conversation between Fran and Jesus to illustrate what it means to practice the presence of Jesus in our daily lives. Visit our website, christianworkingwoman.org for more information. Well, I'm Julie Bustide inviting you to be with us again next week at this same time for The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman. Mm-hmm.